0: Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet, and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, in addition to my responsibilities here at St. Basil the Great, uh, the bishop asked, well, I guess two bishops ago, asked that I would be the chaplain of a ministry known as Retrovie, uh, a French word meaning something like reawakening, rediscovering. It's an international ministry that began in Quebec and has been in our diocese for, I believe, around 30 years now. And it's a, it's a ministry for married couples who are hurting. Now that hurting spectrum is pretty long and wide from just the daily grind of struggles and boy, we just are misfiring here and and we've tried so many things we can't get renewed to larger issues like infidelities or to a death of a child that's pushing them apart or financial um, dishonesties that have led to no retirement now. The pain is a huge spectrum. But one of the things I've noticed is it's an intense weekend followed up by some follow-up sessions. And it has something like five years later, 75% of the couples are still together. It has a 96% uh, people reporting back that they would recommend this to others and that they were glad they went. So it's a beautiful life-giving ministry. I don't run it. I'm simply the priest present. I give a few presentations uh, and try to make them laugh as they're dealing with very painful things. But one of the things that's amazing about it to me is, on Friday night when you first meet, the loudest sound in the room is the silence of shame and embarrassment. You don't go on retro by riding on a white stallion saying, look how great we are. You walk into the room and retrovise, saying, the pain has gotten bad enough where I'm willing to suffer this shame and embarrassment that we need help. And the reward are the stats I just told you. No divorce, healing, recommendations, hope. But it involved them stepping in to a place of embarrassment, insecurity, feeling incompetent, a place where they don't feel like, look how great I am, but rather, I've spent a lot of time and energy so people didn't know this about me, and here I am. That's the loudest sound on Friday night. The loudest sound on Sunday afternoon is while I'm celebrating Mass, hearing the sound of kissing during the sign of peace. Two days, big change, What happened? Well, the change is simply they're willing to not hide. They're willing to surrender their rationalizations, defenses, the mask. In Italian, it's called the bella figura. It means the beautiful face. You put forth a beautiful face to everyone, even though behind the mask is pain, insecurity, doubt, fear, Judgment, etc. I say this because something like that is being tapped into in the scriptures today when they mention Zebulon and Nephtali. Now to us it would be like independence and seven hills. Alright? Not because those are shameful cities in case you're from those places. All right? I have family and independence, it's great. Alright. But it's just to say it, it was normal towns to Jewish men and women. But to us, it just sounds weird. Zebulun and Naphtali was a part of the northern kingdom of Israel. And remember, if you're an Israelite, if you're a Jewish man and woman, you know that the God of the universe has chosen you. You are a special people, you matter to him. He has fought on your side. He has performed miracles. He has shown his fidelity over and over again to your needs. And so the heart of Israel is one of great celebration and great dignity. We are God's peculiar choice. We're the smallest of nations, and yet he looks on us with favor. How exciting. And then your northern kingdom gets destroyed by the Assyrians. Zebulon and Naphtali were two cities and towns that the Assyrians came in and defeated. And now they occupied what Israel once occupied. And so in the life story of Israel, Zebulon and Naphtali are embarrassing. Zebulon and Naphtali are a place of great insecurity. And anytime anyone would mention the name of those towns, it was kind of like, yeah, anyway, so uh, what are you doing on Sunday? Because that name triggered Israel as a place of shame, insecurity, fear. And they just walled it all off by what we do, right? They moved on. Except moving on meant they had a very weak point, that any time Zebulon and Naphtali were mentioned, or the Assyrians, anger, fear, doubt, shame was triggered. Now notice God. Notice how strange our God is. Here's Jesus. He knows John the Baptist has been arrested or killed at this point. And he knows, all right, it's my time. It's time for me to pour forth the kingdom. It's time for me to set captives free, to heal the sight of the blind, to preach good news to those in need. It's time for me to start my mission. And he withdraws to begin it, not from Jerusalem. He goes to the land of Zebulun and Nephtali. And from there, he begins his public ministry. He begins his gathering. He begins the unleashing of the power of the Father's love into this world. Where? Not from places where we feel triumphant. Not from places that we put on social media and say, look how awesome I am. Not from places that we put on Christmas cards and say, our family's fine. From the very place of embarrassment, shame, insecurity, and oftentimes anger and judgment. From there, he steps forth and says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What he means by this is repent. In Greek it's metanoia, metanois, meaning go beyond your current mind. Go beyond your current identity of shame and insecurity and welcome the invading presence of God's love for you. Welcome the power of Jesus at work for you. Allow the Holy Spirit to touch the places in you and in your story that you've never told anyone, you're embarrassed to tell someone the places you claim you just moved on from, and it's fine, that's life, what are you going to do? Hey, people sometimes stink, it happens. All of those statements are a heart in pain that's just trying to move on. So if you're someone in your life who you've been coming to Mass for decades, And you're like, I don't know where the power of God is in my life. I don't know that I've actually ever really had a consistent, meaningful encounter with this person, Jesus, that the priests bang on about on Sundays. I don't know what that's all about. Perhaps there's some place in your life that you've walled off. You've moved on from. And I say this gently. You moved on from that place because it hurts. You moved on from that place because it doesn't make you feel safe. You moved on from that place because it's an incredibly vulnerable place. And for you, it might even be small. You might be like, well, I don't have any big, it's just little things. Well, if it matters to you, it matters to God. And so Jesus begins... He wants to begin a relationship with us in this first month of the year not from our look how great I am places but from the places in our story where we feel powerless, weak, confused, insecure. He wants to say, will you let the kingdom and power of God touch you there? Will you allow me to talk to you about those places? Not the whole world not everyone you meet, not your coworkers. God. Will you let me at least put the burning love of the Eucharist in that place? So that from there, the two of you can build a life of peace, healing, freedom, joy, hope, compassion. So I want to end naming three ways you can notice where this insecurity or where your Zebulon and Naphtali may be. First, if there's any part of your family of origin story that you're just not allowed to be honest about in your family. Like the family has a way of talking about that family member or telling them that story where the honest details are never mentioned. But in your heart, you're like, no, that was terrible. And they are like, ah, that's so-and-so, or wow, that was that crazy event, you know, what are you going to do? And they just want to move on. You don't need to blow up your family, but you may need to let Jesus in to how you felt about those times. Second place, people or groups of people that you judge, that you know you want to point a finger at and say, aren't they bad? Hey, be friends with me by disliking this group. Hey, did you see what she did? Yeah, just agree with me that she's bad and we're good. Anyone you're really pointing a finger at strongly, underneath that is usually a place where you don't have peace and freedom, but you're agitated, you're bothered, you're feeling insecure and unsettled. Zebulon needs to hear the kingdom of God is at hand for you. And the third thing, if you have habitual sins, places that you know, boy, I've tried everything. This sin ain't going away. It's been with me. I've tried everything from prayer to sacraments. I don't know what's going on. Imagine that sin is a car. Check under the hood. What's going on behind that sin? What's going on underneath it? What relationships trigger this? What circumstances in life make you feel anger, confusion, helpless, scared, insecure? Instead of maybe talking to God always about the sin, how about we go deeper into the Zebulon of life, into the nephtali of our hearts, the places where we don't feel impressive, and discover that right there, the God of the universe is saying, I'm at hand for you. I have restoring love for you. Would you step out of the darkness to experience the light of my healing love And come to know that God is real and that no Zebulon or Naphtali is forever. He died and rose to say he has the power, not those places. But he loves you too much to force it. And he asks, will you invite me in? Amen.